Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502. Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Uh, we've been talking about how that rejection is, is common, normal, natural for the sinful nature. A rejection consciousness is normal, natural, common to the sinful nature. That's part of why whenever that consciousness comes up within us, uh, we want to do it damage. Amen? We want to kick it out. We want to take authority over it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Bringing every argument, every imagination every high or lofty thing, every fortress, every speculation under the obedience or into the captivity of Jesus Christ. What does He say? What is His testimony? What is His Word? What has He done for us? And we want to bring every thought into agreement with what He says about us and what He has done for us. Amen? And who He's made us to be. Rejection, inferiority, shame, condemnation. It's really emphasized. It's really, it's it's, uh, doubled, it's turbocharged, it's magnified, it's made bigger in our lives because not only is there the witness of the demonic realm talking to us in our head and our heart, but then there's the testimony of life's injuries and disappointments and difficulties and abuse and injury and all of the stuff that goes wrong. Anybody ever had anything go wrong? And I've got good gospel news for you. It wasn't God trying to hurt you. It wasn't God trying to show you what a worm you are. It wasn't God trying to teach you a lesson that, that uh, somehow you would learn from. It wasn't even happening because you're such a bad person. It was happening because hurt people hurt people. It was happening because the enemy works through injured people. And we have to be careful because we've probably been used too. I've been used of the enemy to bring injury to people. So it wasn't God's will that there was a second witness. And it's interesting, this is the way the law works. Not only the Bible, but even our law system. In the mouth of two witnesses, let everything be established. 
In the mouth of two witnesses, let everything be confirmed or established. And so when there's a second witness that tells you that you're insignificant, that you are rejected, that you are worthless, that you don't have a great destiny, purpose, hope, or future, when there's a second witness in a flesh and blood form, now, now being hurtful, damaging, destructive to us, then that's really all the enemy needs to seal something in our heart and for us to begin to respond or live or act or reply or retort out of that message. And God wants to deliver us out of that. And most of the works of the flesh, quarreling, strife, animosity, hatred, jealousy, envy, most of the works of the flesh, most of the works of the unclean realm and the sinful nature are at work within us because of this message of rejection, this message of inferiority, this message when they could be God's kids and God has stuff for them. Commit to it if we're even in partial agreement to that message to that degree subconsciously we find ourselves leaning back in to the works of the flesh we find ourselves leaning back in to doing it the carnal way living out of the carnal methodology living out of fear living out of bitterness living out of quarreling fighting hurting abusing living out of envy, living out of gossip, living out of slander, employing all those techniques to make sure that we succeed in life. And we don't want this. We have to realize, we have to know, we have to understand that when the sinful nature was dealt with in the cross, and as we acknowledge the cross and the power of the cross, and I want to talk about that for a few minutes and look at some verses that it's not just moral sin that we're dealing with. And that seems to be the emphasis of the church. The emphasis of the church historically, all the way back to Moses, has been mainly on outward behavior. But what God wants to deal with is inward thoughts. He wants to deal with inward emotions. He wants to deal with the fear. He wants to deal with the rejection. He wants to deal with the jealousy. He wants to deal with the inward issues that then arouse and release outward behavior. Because if we can allow God to rebuild us on the inside, then the outward problems will automatically diminish and fade away. Really just moving upon us to know that He's got something better for us. And that if we would do it His way, if we would do it His way, the sinful nature... The work, the influence of the sinful nature, and the way the sinful nature plays upon the heart of man is life is all about us. But the way the new nature works is that life is all about Him. When we make life all about Him, guess what He does? This is a covenant. You ever been in a covenant? The way a covenant works, it's a covenant of exchange. The way a covenant works is that when you lay down your everything for your covenant partner, they lay down their everything for you. That's the way a covenant works. 
That's the way a marriage is supposed to work. That's why you're not supposed to worry so much about what they're giving. You're supposed to worry so much about what you're giving. You're not supposed to worry so much about their behavior. You're supposed to worry so much about your behavior. Because this is what provokes, arouses, and releases the power of a covenant is a fullness of exchange of laying down your life. So if we would get this, this would, this would be a revolution in the church, a revolution in our lives, is that when we lay our lives down fully for Him, He lays His life down fully for us. There comes a full manifestation of everything that he died for, everything that he rose for, everything that he represents us for, when we completely acknowledge him as our life. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today, 922-1502. That's the 253 area code. Or email us as well at the Restored Institute. Restored Institute at Gmail. Restored Institute, all lowercase Gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. Matthew 10.32 talks about this a little bit. Oh, there's so many passages that talk about this. Wow, Galatians 6, 7, and 8. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. Amen? If you sow to the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 9, 9 and 10. If you sow much, you'll reap. If you sow little, you'll reap. Yeah, these are not just money verses. These are love verses. These are life verses. These are, these are God impartation verses that when we sow, how do I sow to the Spirit? How, how do I sow to the Spirit? How do I sow after the manner of the Spirit? I live according to His Word. I talk according to His Word. I yield to His Word. I cooperate with His Word. I sow into you after the manner of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. It's in my life. It's on my life. It's through my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, self-control. And maybe one or two that I missed. So Matthew 10, 32. If you confess Jesus before the Father, therefore every... One who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Now then he goes on to say, verse 33, but whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Now I wanted to get into the word confess today and just talk a little bit about the word confess. I finally figured out how to say, partially, I finally figured out partially how to say the word confess in the Greek. And boy, have I ever had a hard time with that. But then I found and discovered that the word confess in the Greek is a compound word, and it's a verb. And it's a compound word, and it's homo logos, the word of God. Logos is the word of God. And so what it means, it means to agree with God. It means to say what God is saying. It means to yield to what God is saying. It means to come into agreement. It means actually to establish a covenant with God 
by way of speech or agreement or confession, by way of acknowledgement. So, so even this verse here, if we think about this, you know, um, if you're not confessing that God is your healer, did you know that you restrict God from being your healer? Because this is the way it works, is that, that we ourselves, when we come to the cross, we give up our life, we lay our life down, and we identify that the cross is our death and our freedom to the Adamic nature. And by the, by the way, the only way out of the law of sin and death, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 6, the only way out of the law of sin and death, the only way out of the Adamic nature, the only way out of the sinful nature, the old nature, the only way out of that is by death. So in the Old Testament, we used to take you out and stone you. There were many acts of sin that, there were many acts of sin that if they fulfilled the requirement of death, then we would take you out and stone you because that which you had now become in your behavior was also at one with you in your nature. So if you lied, you were a liar. If you were a thief, or if you stole, you were a thief. Your identity and your nature were one. So for many of these things, the Old Testament called for a stoning so that the camp or the tribe or the lineage or Israel would move forward generationally and be preserved from certain sins that were an abomination to God. Now what happens is instead of killing you, we take you to the cross. And you die in the cross. And you identify that your sinful nature was put to death in the cross because when Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law, He fulfilled them on your behalf. When Jesus lived a perfect life, it was a representative life, and He lived that perfect life on your behalf. And so when He died on the cross... He bore the full penalty of your sin, and He did that on your behalf. He did that so that you could be free from the sinful nature and free from the law of sin and death and free from the penalty of sin and free from the curse of those who cannot measure up to the law. And so He did all of this so that we could be free from the sinful nature. So really, when we start out in Christ, we start out stripped of the old nature, and we start out free, yes, from the old nature, and we start out liberated from the old nature, but guess what? We start out without a new nature. The new nature that we have is released by our agreement with who He's made us to be because His Word is the DNA that describes and defines your new creation. His Word is the DNA that describes and defines your new creation. So for some believers, as they mature, they confess that they have and abide in the fruit of the Spirit. And guess what? 
Father watches over that and releases the power of the fruit of the Spirit to begin to develop and rise up in their life because they've come into agreement with Him and your agreement is the power to release His power within you to form and shape and bring into formation the new creation within you. But if you've gone to the cross and you're dead to the Adam life, and you never confess, you never agree, you never come into homo logos, that you have the Spirit dwelling in you, that you have the fruit of the Spirit alive within you, that you are led by the Spirit, or even beyond that, you might be in denial. We believe in divine healing. We believe that God can intervene in the midst of a situation and heal our physical bodies. That 1 Peter 2.24 is true, that by His stripes we are healed. Most of us in this auditorium believe that. And so most of us will make a confession that God is my health, God is my healing, God is healing me now, God is well able, God is restoring me. And we might even prophesy over our bodies. My cells are being restored. My bones are being regenerated. My ears are being renewed. That's the one I've been saying lately in the name of Jesus. And instead of coming down with a sickness, we begin to say, I'm coming down with a healing. But then when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, when it comes to the other aspects of the resurrection life, and what would happen to us if we got around someone who didn't believe in healing? If we get around someone who doesn't believe in healing, we get anxious. We start showing them scriptures. We're going to show them a couple of scriptures. We're going to encourage them. God wants to heal you, and he healed me. And we might give them a little bit of instruction. We might pray for them. We might say, you know, maybe you're dealing with some, with some stuff here that is not of God. But when we're lacking joy, we find it no problem. When we're not submitting to joy, we find it no problem. And we get around other sad sacks, and we find it no problem. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We're so glad that you're with us. Restored Life Radio is brought to you in part by New Horizon Church. New Horizon is a church created for your restoration. We meet right off of the freeway in 5, exit 137, central to the whole Puget Sound. Join us at New Horizon this weekend and come and visit our website, www newhcc.com that's newhcc.com come and discover a new horizon with us if you want to call us by the telephone 253-922-1502 we'd love to hear from you love to connect and get you to the restored life seminar i'm talking about the fruit of the spirit is just as much a part of the new creation, expectation, and life as healing is. Peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, long suffering, self-control. These elements found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 20 through 22 are just as much of the new creation life as healing is. So if I'm coming down with a sickness and I would believe that I would much rather come down with a healing, then I will begin to encourage myself and I will declare that sickness is just as dead in the cross 
Because if he, if he paid the full penalty, Isaiah 53, the chastisement that I deserved, he took upon himself. He was wounded for my transgressions. Galatians chapter 3, 10 through 14. What he did for me in fulfilling the law on my behalf and then bearing up under the penalty that I deserved on that tree. For cursed is every one that hangs on a tree. What he did delivered me from the curse. I am delivered from the curse. So the same way that I'll minister to myself over sickness so that I can begin to come down with a healing, I'll minister to myself over every other element that belongs to Him because He is my life. He is my identity. He is the picture of the new creation. For me to allow myself to bask, to wallow in sickness is unnecessary. I have permission to resist it, by the way. And God's not doing this to me, so I'll learn something. Yeah, that I'd study some scriptures and find out that Jesus already paid for it. How many of you think you paid the power bill and it comes again the next day? You should pay it again. No, once it's been paid once, isn't that enough? Well, that's what this, that's what this thing's all about. He already, that you would have a new life, that you would be liberated. I'd like to be, I would frankly rather be liberated from jealousy and envy and gossip and slander and hatred and bitterness and animosity and strife and contention and fighting and, and every other kind of dark and unclean, relational, separating, cruddy thing. So once, once he demolished all of those things in the cross and once he put them to death in the cross, I have permission to resist him. I have permission, I have the power to resist them. Anything that doesn't look, smell, feel, taste like Jesus is not a part of this new creation person. Did you know even the crud that you think is yours is no longer yours? No, no, no. Romans chapter 7 says it is no longer I even doing this, but it's sin dwelling in me. And what should we do with sin? Kick it out, dominate it, overthrow it overcome it, and rejoice in who God has made us to be, liberated from those very laws of sin. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, supersedes the law of sin and death. We have a higher law. Everybody say higher law. Jesus is love. Jesus is ministry. Did you know Jesus is restoration? So that's why Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, restore. Even if someone is caught, don't just restore those who are caught in a fault, by the way. Did you know we should run around restoring all the time? Did you know all of the ministry of Jesus is restoring? Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We should be restoring people to God's original intention all of the time. We should be a voice of restoration toward them, right? 
That's what all of these ministries do. That's what all of our departments do. That's what you're doing day in and day out. That's what you're doing when you leave your house in the morning. That's what you're doing everywhere you go. You're being used by God as a minister of restoration and reconciliation and redemption unto God. Amen. And we should... What he meant here when he said, by the way, if somebody is caught in a snare or a fault, he didn't say this is the, he wasn't trying to mean this is the only time. What he was trying to mean was, by the way, this is usually when you want to avoid people. Usually when someone is caught in a snare or a fault or entrapped in a sin or a problem, this is usually when you want to put on your horse, you want to put on your blinders and just look straight ahead, right? But he says, no, 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 no. If you're spiritual, you're restoring all the time, but... Even if someone is ensnared or caught in a sin, a trap, a fault, a failure, even then, the mark of you who are spiritual is you'll be involved in ministry and you'll be restoring. And guess what ministry does? Ministry comes out of you beyond who you think you are. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.